0: How many of you are familiar with the author John Ortberg? Anyone familiar? Little John Ortberg? All right. He wrote this interesting book. Go ahead and put the quote up here. He wrote this book called Everybody's Normal Until You Get to Know Them. Yeah, think about that for a moment. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. You ever had a feeling that maybe he was spying on your family? Right? Now, what did he say in his book? Well, this is an interesting quote. He said, researchers found that the most isolated people were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. People who had bad health habits, but strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits, but were isolated. In other words, it is better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat broccoli alone. So now I've just given many of you an excuse to go to Walmart and buy out all the Twinkies, look the cash register person in the face, say, hey, I got a lot of friends, back off, right? (laughs) Preach it, brother. (laughs) I'm getting callbacks on Twinkies, you gotta love that. (laughs) But think about that for, for just a moment, right? Just a moment, think about that. We've been doing a series all summer long on how we can do more together. And we're coming to a close. We've got one more week next week. But today what we want to do is talk about how we can do more together when we share life with each other. We can do more together when we share life with each other. And let let me talk to you a little bit about what that really means and what it doesn't mean. This is not a criticism or a shot against any social media. Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Twinkies, whatever, Um, but that's not really sharing life. Maybe you think it is. Maybe you think taking a picture of your dinner and letting the whole world see it. No, no. that's, That's just information. That's not sharing life. Sharing life is when you sit down with a person and you look them in the eyes, right? Face to face and you talk about life and you don't lie and make things up and say stuff like oh yeah, it's all good. No, Sometimes it is all good, but sometimes it's not great, and you say that, and you say, you know, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that. And you talk about God's word, and you talk about how God's word applies to your life. That's that's sharing life. You celebrate the birth of new children, but you also mourn when someone loses a relative. Right? You share life with each other. And you know by now, if you've been coming to Oak Ridge long enough, that we value this highly. Worship, community, and service. Community is where we share life. And I want to share three things with you this morning that I believe come out of sharing life with each other that are really important. And then our next steps will come. And I have a special guest uh, for our next steps. She's going to share a little bit more with you And kind of give you the on-ramp to our Grow Group ministry this fall. Because I know summer's been crazy, right? You've all been spread out doing your thing. And you've kind of been separated. And we need to come back and begin sharing life with each other. So there are really three things that I think come out of sharing life with each other. And here's the first one. When we share life with each other, we can be more encouraging. Now, I've talked about this, so I'm not going to talk about this a lot. Because I did a message on this. Uh, about a month ago, but I do want to go to the scripture here. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, we've talked about this a lot in the last couple of months, but I was looking at the scripture this week, and I was looking at verse 25, and I was thinking, huh, so back in the day, there were a lot of people that were giving up meeting together. They're like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm out. I'm not gonna do this. I'm thinking, why? Why do people stop sharing life with, with each other who would do that who would not want to be encouraging who would not want to spur one another on and then this face came right to my head like bam there he is yeah for those of you who don't know that is the grinch who by the way stole christmas and just for advertising a new grinch movie is coming out in november why i don't know because dr seuss did a great book And they made it into a cartoon. And then Ron Howard took it and made it into a live-action movie. And we got pretty much the whole Grinch story. For those of you who have no clue about the Grinch, I'll do it really fast. He grew up, and as a little kid, he was a little odd, a little weird, had a lot of facial hair, got picked on, got made fun of, got his heart broken. So he took off into the mountains to live by himself. He became bitter. He became angry. Didn't like people, didn't want to share life with anybody. In fact, he enjoyed measuring his heart because he felt like the smaller his heart got, the better. The more he didn't like people, the more bitter he got. That's that's what he was shooting for. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, how many Grinches do we have living in our world today? A lot. And there are a lot of these people that are still going to church, right? But they don't want to share life with each other. They want to check the box, go back to their mountain, and if they do anything, they go on Facebook and they blast people because that's what they like to do. Now, if you know the rest of the Grinch story, you know that this little girl, Cindy Lou Who, comes along and she reaches out to the Grinch. She loves on the Grinch, she pulls the Grinch back in the community. And at the end of both movies, he is sharing life with other people. He is sharing life with each other. His heart is growing. Right? His heart is growing because he's been encouraged and now he's encouraging other people. Now, Maybe as I shared that story, you're thinking, huh, I've been a little grinchy lately. And maybe you're thinking, you know, yeah, this summer, it's gotten a little humid. People have been irritating me. Maybe somebody's ticked me off. Maybe it's been intentional. Maybe it's been unintentional, and I've just been like, you know what? I'm done sharing life with people. If God has prompted you there, I want you to know, man, it's time to come off the mountain, Right? It's time to get back in relationships with one another. It's time to share life with each other. It's time to encourage each other. It's time to spur one another on. In fact, let's go back to that scripture because it says that we should be doing this as we see the day approaching. Folks, the day is approaching. Whether it's the second coming of Christ or you dying, one of those two things is going to eventually happen. And do you want to die alone? Grumpy? Grinchy? bitter angry or do you want to be surrounded by people who genuinely know you and love you because you shared life with them and they've encouraged you and they've spurred you on and you've done the same for them we can do more together folks when we share life with each other now here's the second thing that happens when we do that we can be more loving we can be more loving let's go to our scripture verse actually there's two verses this is the first one colossians chapter 3 Verses 13 to 14. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, we could talk about how beneficial loving one another is to us, but I want to go to the next verse. Go to the next verse because there's a bigger thing going on here. John 13, verse 35. By this... Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, hold that scripture there for a moment. This idea of being able to love more, do you know why this is important? Because those world of Grinches who who don't know Jesus, who need Jesus, you know what the proof is that Jesus is real? By the way we love each other. If they see you loving one another if they see you loving grinchy people they stop and go huh maybe this whole jesus thing is is real in fact look at this quote it's by uh, francis Schaefer. he says that our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful christian community is the final apologetic. In other words, you know people in your life that you've been talking to about Jesus and you've been trying to convince them that Jesus is real and you've been using, the, you know, Scripture and science and you've been debating, you've been going back and forth. You can't debate this. You can't debate genuine Christian love and community. If you want people to believe that Jesus really is the Savior of the world, and you are a new creation in Christ, then let them see you in a community sharing life with each other. When they see that, they can't debate that, right? They can't deny that. They've got to step back and go, huh, this is real. I've got to choose whether or not I am going to follow it. Now, there is one more thing I want to talk about because it doesn't get talked about a lot. I think it should be. And here's the final one. When you share life with someone, you get to have more fun. You get to have more fun. I grew up thinking that church was boring. And you know why? Well, there was First Communion, right, where I wasn't sure how to breathe. I just knew I had to hold my hands like that, and I was nervous the whole time. Then there was first confession. I don't even want to talk about that. And then I got confirmed, and that was a nerve-wracking experience. And then whenever I went to church, I was told to be quiet and sin those dirges. And folks, let me tell you, when I was a kid, they were dirges. Church was boring. Being a Christian was boring. If you wanted to have fun, you either had to break the law or get drunk. Sincerely, that's how you had fun. But then you read the Bible. And when you read the Bible, do you read stories about Jesus and his disciples constantly walking around sad-faced, robes on, humming, depressed? No. They're happy. They're having fun. In fact, Jesus has so much fun, people think he's drinking. Go to the scripture verse. Matthew 11, verses 18 and 19. Actually, let's jump down to 19. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. He wasn't a drunkard. He went to parties. He laughed a lot. He had fun. He enjoyed life. And so did his disciples. Folks, We're Christians. We're supposed to be having the most fun. Because here's the great thing. We get to have fun and then remember it the next day. Right? In fact, we want to remember it the next day. I'll never forget, my wife and I, Joanne and I, were um, leading a grow group for the first time in our first church. And it was the young adult grow group, because, well, we were young adults at the time. And um, we were at a friend's house with our group, and we were having a cookout, and we were playing games, and we were having fun. And this new couple was there, and, and they were new to the church, and they were checking Christianity out. And I'll never forget what the husband said. It, it, it has always stuck with me because it just blew my mind. He, he said out loud to all of us, he said, you know what? I never realized you could have this much fun sober. And I thought to myself, yeah, I used to think that way too. But it is better. We are supposed to have fun when we share life with each other. It's okay to laugh and to smile. God created it, right? Now, those are just three things uh, that come from sharing life uh, with each other. But uh, I'm going to invite someone up here to share another thing I think that comes that's really important too. And uh, I want to do this also because some of you have not been here all summer long, so some of you know and some of you don't, but Joanne Shumsky, come on up here, Joanne Shumsky. Um, She is our new Adult Discipleship Director and Connections Coordinator, which means she's in charge of our GROW groups this year, and it's her job not only to put these groups together, but to get you plugged in to a GROW group. So Joanne, share them a little bit and our next steps, and go for it.
1: Okay, well... um as Pastor Chris said, um, community, sharing life together, sharing life with each other, we're stronger when we're in those types of communities. We can encourage more, we can love more, we can have more fun. And then finally, we can become more like Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. This week, that verse came to me in a new way. God showed me that Jesus lived a life of perfect faith. So whatever Jesus did, if we want to live our lives in faith, we can look to Jesus and see what he did. Well, Jesus shared life with other people. If you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, you will see over and over and over again, Jesus and his disciples, the disciples and Jesus. So Jesus went and his disciples with him. All throughout the scriptures, you see that they're sharing life together. Together. You see this in different ways when, when Mary and Martha lose their brother and they, Lazarus, and the scripture verse that is so profound and it says Jesus wept, he lost a friend and he shared that experience of grief with his friends, and so then he went to be with Mary and Martha, and he was able to share in their grief, but then he was able, he's Jesus, so he stood outside of the grave, and he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus was raised from the dead. And then he was able to rejoice with these people that weren't just Mary and Martha. Oh, hi, Mary is your name? Martha, is that? No, it was Mary and Martha, his friends raising their brother, Lazarus, his buddy, the guy that he hung out with, the guy that he knew and did life with. Jesus showed us how to do more together by having community. And um, I, one of I'm in a couple of grow groups that I absolutely love, and I've missed them through the summer. Um, but the women's grow group, one of the things that I remember, I'm going to steal this from Lisa Turkhurst, she was talking about how uh, Jesus fed the 5,000 and how cool it must have been for the disciples. You know, they sent the 5,000 away back home, and then the disciples are there, and they're picking up all of the leftovers, Okay. And Jesus had performed this miracle, and they're like saying, "Oh my goodness, can you believe? Like we were just here together, and we saw this happen, and we'll look at we're like that was the best fish fry ever, and that bread, boy, I don't even know how he made it, but it was so good, it was delicious. And then we've got and we've got twelve baskets, so let's go. And then they go onto the boat, okay? Because now they're back into their normal everyday. They're traveling, so they get in the boat and they travel, and then all of a sudden." A storm. Middle of the night. A storm. A violent storm hits them. And they're afraid. They're terrified. And they're also irritated and frustrated because Jesus is asleep. And they go and they say, Jesus, do you not see this storm? And Jesus wakes up and he quiets the storm. But then he does something. He says, don't you remember what just happened? Weren't you just with me when I fed the 5,000? Because God is with us. And so I just think with grow groups, I think about the times when I share a victory that God has brought me through, right? Like I'm just sharing with friends, people that I'm hanging with, people that I'm doing life with, and I share about a victory that God's given to me. And then as soon as that victory, I'm going through my life and bam, another storm hits me flat out in the face and I don't know what to do. And the people that I've shared life with say, Joanne, remember God brought you through that other thing. God will bring you through this. And they remind me because they know my life. They share with me. They understand what storms I go through. So our next steps, there's three things. One, if you just love Jesus and if you want to experience this growth and this um in- more encouraging, more loving, more fun, and becoming more like Jesus, lead a grow group. I would love to talk to you about what it means to lead a grow group and what that would involve. I would love for you to lead a grow group. It's so enriching, and it's so, you know, when you teach, you learn as you're teaching. It's a beautiful thing. Or host a grow group. If you love to open up your home and you love to cook, make Twinkies, or we do have broccoli with our grow groups, just saying, but it's okay because we're eating it together. And we dip it in ranch, so we're all good. But if you just want to open up your home, we're running out of room. We're getting tight in this church, and there's not enough room for all of the grow groups. So if you just want to open up your home, you have room for 8 to 12 people to sit in your living room, let me know, and I'll plug a grow group into your house. And then the last thing, between September, the middle of September, and the middle of October, we're going to be having sign-ups, for grow groups. I would love for each and every adult to sign up to be a part of a grow group. You will love it. You'll be, like, changed. It will change your life. You'll grow in your walk with Christ. You'll become more loving, more encouraging. You'll have more fun, and you'll become more like Jesus. So I hope you do it. One of those three, all three.
0: Thank you, Joe. And if you know how to make Twinkies, see me. (laughs) I mean, if you can really make them, that's impressive. There you go, don't you? All right, I want to share one more quote with you. Put it up on the screen there. This is from George Gallup. He does a lot of polls, and this was kind of a shocking result from one of his recent polls. He found out that Americans are among the loneliest people in the world. Think about that for a moment. How in the world are Americans among the most loneliest people in the world, right? I think it's a plan of the deceiver. I think Satan likes to get us alone. If he can separate us from the group, he can speak into our hearts the lies that he wants to speak into them, into our minds. He can get us to become bitter. He can get us to become alone. He can get us to become grinchy and miserable. Folks, we don't want that. Right now, our children are in grow groups. That's where they go. They go, and they get into their grow groups. On Sunday nights and on Monday nights, our teens get into grow groups. And now this fall, again, our adults will get into grow groups. So we're looking for grow group leaders. If you want to be a grow group leader for our children, for our teens, see Michelle. For our adults, see Joanne. If you'd like to host a grow group, maybe you're saying, you know what, I'm not really good. I'm not ready to teach, but I've got space in my home We'd love to have you do that. And again, be praying and saying, Lord, help me to, to, to maybe get past some of my insecurities. Because I know, you know, I struggle with anxiety. And I know that some of you are thinking, man, I don't know if I can do that. It makes me nervous to sit down and it's going to be okay. Get in that living room. Take a deep breath. You don't have to talk all the time, but share life with each other. Learn about God. Learn about how it all ties together. Don't be lonely. That's not what Jesus created us for. That's not the example that he set. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to stop here. We're going to pray for Joanne, and we're going to pray for her leadership in this. We're going to pray for grow group leaders to rise up. I want to pray for you. If you're here today and um, you're feeling a little bit grinchy, I want you to be encouraged and know that God loves you. People love you. They'll forgive you because they love you. And you can have some fun. It's okay. It's part of being a follower of Christ. So let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we we are thankful for what you're doing. Father, this is not a dying church. This is a church that is alive with people of all ages. And and you're ministering uh, into people's lives. And and we know that Satan's not happy with that. And so we know that difficulties um, have arisen and will arise and will continue to arise. But Father, you can overcome those difficulties really easy. And Father, we know that we can do more together when we share life with each other. And you want us to share life with each other. So Father, we pray that you guide and direct Joanne as she leads this ministry. Give her wisdom. Give her peace. Give her direction. Father, we pray that you will raise up grow group leaders for all ages. Father, we pray that you will raise up hosts for our adult grow groups. And again, Father, I pray that you will just speak into all of our hearts and minds and that we will find a grow group that we can be a part of this fall so that we can share life, so that we can encourage one another, spur each other on, love each other, Father. Be that testimony of how true Christianity is. And yes, show the world that we we can have fun. We can have joy as we become more and more like you, Jesus. And we ask this simply in your name, Lord. Amen.